after the USA Gymnastics were out um, was something that um, it, it kind of turned something in my head a little bit of um, it's not all about gymnastics, right? Like gymnastics is a sport. I'm not going to be a gymnast my whole life. You know, like even now, like I will never do a flip again, probably, you know, like that means something, you know, I'm sure I'll still flip here and there, but it's never going to have a meaning behind it. She is a former LSU gymnast, USA national team member, recently married and soon to be mama. We have the beautiful Lexi Heffron with us today. I pray this blesses you, friend. I believe God put a specific light in your heart for a purpose, for you to shine it into this world in a way that nobody else can, a light that is unique as the print on your finger. And our job is to take that light and go love people with it in this world. Everywhere you go, you have a ministry. You don't just have to be a preacher to have a ministry. Your light is your ministry. It's how you shine it at your job, at your family, at the dinner table with your friends, at the movies, at the park, at your apartment. Everywhere you go, you are made to shine your light. Do it, be it, love people, be kind, honor them, honor yourself. This is made to shine. Welcome back to Made to Shine. As you just heard in that amazing introduction, we are in for such a special treat today. We have the beautiful, phenomenal, impressive Lexi Heffron on now, right? And so yeah. I mean, just got married. Uh, well, not just got married, but not too long ago. About to have a beautiful baby. I mean, just, uh, just. So excited to have you on today. And as you all know, the reason that we have guests on Made to Shine is because we believe no matter what you're doing in life, you don't have to be a preacher or pastor to have a ministry. It's the way you live your life, whether that's being at school, being a student, working your corporate job, being a wife, being a sister. And Lexi, um, you know, we've known each other for a few years now, so it's yeah. special to have you on. But what I've seen up close and afar, you doing that, you are a sister, you're a friend, you're now a wife, you're about to be a mom. You're also a coach. You were a gymnast on the USA national team. Like you were so amazing, but you shine your light in every avenue that God trusts you with. And so I'm just excited to have you on. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to share some things that I've went through and that I'm going through right now. Yeah. And right. And that's the point. It's like these conversations, what I love about them is learning about yourself and God and who you are in him. It's a never ending journey. There's yeah. never like a, Oh, I've arrived. I know everything there is to know about me. And yeah, a creator. And, um, and so that's why I love having these conversations with people like yourself. Um, that all to say, we've got to kick this off the way we kick off every single Made to Shine episode, which is, what is your favorite quote and why? So my favorite quote, which it's not really technically a quote, but um, it's everything happens for a reason. And I have it tattooed on my left wrist. And I've always believed that that is such a true statement. And I seriously live every single day that way. Um, and I've always believed in this. Um, 
I've been through a lot in my journey and in my life being only 26 years old and to be able to share everything that I've been through and that knowledge that I have through gymnastics. Um, I just believe that everything that I went through, it really did happen for a reason. And maybe in that moment, I didn't always realize why. But now as I'm moving forward in my life and taking these next steps, um, I just have allowed God to kind of answer those questions for me that I've always had. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that as well, because I think it it reminds you who the ultimate author of your story is, right? It's like, you know, I was reading, I was in scripture yesterday, just around like Jesus reminding us, like, who are you building your life on? Like what foundation? And the wind's going to come and the floods are going to come. And I think sometimes we forget when the wind comes and the flood comes, not in the form of that, but in the form of like gossip or rejection that like God is still the author. And, um, I love that. And you, you've been through so much and gymnastics is, I feel like what a lot of people looking at your platform, like they know you for, but you're so much broader than that. And what you've done is so much broader than that. And I always say, there's always the story you see. And then the behind the scenes story. So take us, I mean, you're 26 now you're about to be a mom. I'm sure you're, you're reflecting a lot. And so take us through, like when you were a little girl, the most important pieces of context of your story, gymnastics included or not, that kind of led to the person I'm talking to right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that first and foremost, like I owe everything to my parents and my sisters and my brother, because without them, like I wouldn't be the person that I am today and I wouldn't be where I am. Um, gymnastics is a lot and it's not only a lot on you, but it's a lot on your family and it takes a lot of, a lot of sacrifices that I don't think people are always, you know, aware of, and they don't always see that because they see the medals, they see you winning, they see you losing, they see that side of you, but they don't always see the winning and the losing at home as well. Um, where, you know, sometimes my, I have a twin sister who, when we grew up together, we lived completely different lives and it was very hard at times, but we also knew that it was the best for us. And she supported me full heartedly in this journey. And I supported her in anything that she did and it made it possible. And at such a young age, I think I was let's see, five turning six years old. Um, a coach reached out to my mom about me joining a TOP program, which is talent opportunity program. And my mom was like, no, like, I know she loves gymnastics, but no way we're doing this um, at 5am in the mornings. Like, there's no way. And they only asked me and not my sister at the time. And my mom was like, well, listen, like, she keeps bringing it, bringing it up. She still wants to do it. She wants to pursue it. She's so young. I just, I don't know if I can handle that. Like, and I just wanted it so bad at a young age that my mom, I think, kind of felt like, okay, how do I not give her the opportunity? And so that my mom was like, okay, well, if you want Lexi, then you have to ask Leah as well. And Leah's my twin. So we went in one day at TOP and Leah, it just was not for her. But I think that was God telling me that this is something that he, you know, has written already for me. And this was where my story was supposed to begin. And at such a young age, I don't think people realize that you can have a passion for whatever you want. And it's the people around you that have to support you and help you and guide you through that um, to make that happen. So now that, um, you know, I'm pregnant, I'm 12 weeks um, and going to be a mom next year. um, It makes me just extra thankful for my parents because I know that I, I hope one day I can raise my kids to be, you know, the way that 
I am because of the way that my parents raised me. Oh my gosh. See, I love that. And I, I love that you give credit back to your parents. Cause I too, like my parents are like the lights of my world. I love my parents. I, I just yeah. like, I'm so close with them. And I, and all that to say, I know that there's people listening in that don't have that relationship with their parents, um, yeah. but there's, but there's beauty in, in like, blood related or not people in your life that speak life into you that give you chances that give you opportunities and yes. regardless if you have that in physical form right now like you have a heavenly father that still calls you his and chosen and loved and it's like yeah. paving the way for you as you said going Absolutely. back to your little girl self i'm just curious like when you said you knew that gymnastics like that was the first avenue it sounds like you were so certain about um yes that almost like the cost of inaction was greater than the cost you knew it was going to require of you to, yeah. to, to commit to that. Was it just because you were good at it that you felt, or what were you feeling that led to that certainty at such a young age? Yeah, truly like, um, so there's compulsory gymnastics and there's optional. And when you're younger, you go through compulsory gymnastics and I was horrible at it. <laughs> I was so bad at compulsory level. Um, you had to be very like specific in your movements and things had to look a certain way. And like, mm -hmm. I wasn't this graceful gymnast with pointed toes, long legs. Like I was a short, strong little girl. And mm -hmm. so to not have that look, I think was a little bit like, okay, well, this is challenging for me, but yeah. that's what I loved. I love the challenge of gymnastics and I loved the ambition that I had to give every single day to be the best that I could be. Because I mean, there were people in the gym that were, better than I was. Um, but at a young age, a coach saw, I think that grit inside of me, they saw that determination that was able to lead me down the path of my career. Yeah. So I was, uh, reading something that, um, Simone Biles said about you and I, there was something in the bathroom and she was about to go on and she was super nervous. And she was like, Lexi, you know, Priestman at the time came in and was so nice to me and gave me so much encouragement. And I just, I imagine like, I'm come from a tennis background and it was cutthroat. I mean, I think anything that's incredibly an individual sport, like you're not yes. out there passing to people on the soccer team. Like it, it's just you gymnastics yes. is similar in that regard. Um, comparison can be a huge trap that you run into, especially you think about gymnastics. You start at such a young age. I'm yeah. sure it can kind of condition your mind to constantly be comparing yourself to people that kindness that you continued to have throughout the years in that season that Simone Biles picked up on in the bathroom, was that something that just came naturally to you? Did you struggle keeping that with the comparison season that you were in, or not season you were in, but uh, environment you were in growing up? Talk to me about that. Yeah, I I do feel it was very natural for me. Um, I, that wasn't anything and something still to this day that I never really have to just think about doing. Um, I, I, my, my parents, again, like I've always been a follower and they were the leader and I've been able to lead and now, um, just show people what it's like to give back to whoever is sitting next to you. You know, it doesn't matter if you know them personally or not, like you never know what someone's going through. And I think that's, what's so important is you know, the storm that people are going through can be your, your light. And I don't think you realize that in the moment because 
I mean, I've heard of stories in the past even week of some of my friends that are dealing with things that you would never imagine that they're going through. But when you hear it, it's like the first thing in my heart, I just pray for them and I want to be there for, for them. You know, that's what I want to do um, because my life is my life and I'm going to live it the way that I want to live it. Right. But I'm only going to be successful and only going to be happy in my life if I'm helping others. Yeah. And I think at a young age, I started that because that is something natural. It came natural to me because I wanted to help others. And I remember that moment with Simone like it was yesterday. Um, she was on a on bars and she kept falling on the scale. She's like, I've never caught it. I can't catch it. I want me to compete it. And she went to the bathroom and she was like in tears. And it was my turn up on bars. And I took my turn and I literally took the fastest turn ever. Like I was supposed to do something way more than I than I did. But I knew that I didn't need that turn enough. Um, I needed to go talk to her more. And so I went to the bathroom and followed her in there. And I was like, listen, all you have to do is tap earlier, like correcting her skill, like calming her down. And she caught it in the routine during the competition for the first time. And she fell like two other times. But it was like the highlight of my weekend. Not even, I, I think I won something that, that weekend. Um, but I don't even, I don't even remember if I did, because that's the one moment I remember most is being there for her and helping her and supporting her because that's when our friendship really began. Mm. And, um, we still have a friendship and we still talk every once in a while. And, you know, you, you remember those people for who they are as well. And she's such a great human and she's so, oh my gosh, she's incredible at what she does and she's accomplished so much, but knowing her as a person, um, goes over and beyond all the medals that she's won. Man. And, and I think too, I know in my own life, you know, when it's like, when you have a piece of advice to offer someone from a practical level, like you telling her to do something on the bars that she was struggling with, it's because you had probably struggled with that in the past. And, um, I love that puppies on, on podcasts are the best, (laughs) but I think about in life, it's the same when we talk about like emotional struggles. It's, it's, it's as if, I mean, if I've been through something in the dark that I got through, I can go be a light for somebody else, which is the whole point of this podcast. You know what I mean? It's like what we've struggled with, we're able to then go and be a light for other people. So when you think about like, you have this, this generous spirit of wanting to give and give and give and help and help and help and be a light. What were some of the darker times in life that you walked through that you learned from that you're able to now go be a light in those avenues for people? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say after the USA gymnastics route um, and going into college um, was something that um, it, it kind of turned something in my head a little bit of, um, it's not all about gymnastics, right? Like gymnastics is a sport. I'm not going to be a gymnast my whole life. You know, like even now, like I will never do a flip again, probably, you know, like that means something, you know, I'm sure I'll still flip here and there, but it's never going to have a meaning behind it. I feel like, like it used to. And, um, something that I feel like from the USA gymnastics to LSU, what changed was community service in in school like at LSU was such a big thing and for me like my goal was to be as high up in community service as I could because and I'll tell you a story really quick about a little girl named Gracie uh, I met her my sophomore year of college and something told me to reach out to her family because I'm like you know what like 
I saw this story on Facebook and something in my heart was like, this little girl could, you know, be my wife for the next few years. I was really struggling with injuries, coming back from five surgeries. Um, it just had been a rough patch. And I reached out to the family and they were like, yeah, her Make-A-Wish Foundation, her goal, her dream is to meet the LSU gymnastics team. And I'm like, well, you know, it's amazing what God does and how he works um, because I can make that happen tomorrow. Um, I'm part of the team. And this is, I think, God's calling is that I can be part of her life and she can be part of mine and part of the LSU gymnastics community. Mm -hmm. And so uh, reached out to them. They came, they visited, and instantly she became like a little sister to me. And um, during that time when I was struggling, like you were talking about, like some of the darkest times, I I wasn't sure if gymnastics was what I wanted anymore. And I remember just like sitting in my room crying at night sometimes because I never thought in a million years I would ever feel that way because mm -hmm. um, it's something I loved and I had so much passion for. But through injury, it's it's really difficult and it's hard to find that passion when you feel like you're always getting knocked down and there's never that like high. Um, so I struggled a lot during that time. But when I met her, she was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor and it just put life in perspective for me. I'm like, I'm dealing with surgeries over here and she's fighting for her life. And it made me realize that if I can't do gymnastics for myself right now, then I'm going to do it for this little girl who wants to be on the team one day and might not ever get the opportunity to be on the team. So mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, like I had the best next few years of my life, um, not only physically, um, but I would say more mentally and emotionally more than anything. Yeah. Um, and going into my senior year, she passed away, uh, which happened to be on my dad's birthday, which was September 24th. And she passed away on that day. And I kind of started going downhill again. Um, and my coach at the time, Jay Clark, he, him and I, I've always had this really strong connection, this uh, strong bond. And I think the whole team and I think him, um, they were a little worried that I was struggling so much that they didn't know if I was going to come back and join, you know, after Christmas break. I just, and um, everything, I just was really down. I didn't know, like, how am I supposed to find my why when, you know, she's not sitting next to me anymore. Um, but then I started remembering, like, she's always there. She's actually with me more than she was before. Um, she's there every single day. And so it just... Um, it changed my perspective a lot that, that following year. So just being able to reach out to people, um, to spread awareness in the community of, um, childhood awareness, can, um, cancer awareness and it, just all of that, like those things matter so much to me. And mm -hmm. now coaching, there's a little girl that I coach. She's not really little, I guess she's 12. Um, who also was diagnosed with, um, she was actually diagnosed with kidney cancer when she was younger. And, just last September, we were able to all wear gold in her honor. And it just brought back a lot of memories to me. So it's been awesome. And it's been great to be able to give back to the community still, still to today. Wow. I think what's so one of the most powerful things about that story and what you were saying was so many people, the identity part, so many people put their identity, me included. I mean, good night. I have put my identity in when I was playing sports, like I, it was tennis yes. and then it was running and then it was um, like accolades. Like I put so much of my worth and my job. And um, I know a lot of people struggle with that. Like just the other day, I was talking to someone who's struggling with someone that I guess beat her in a competition at work. And it's like when your entire identity is wrapped in something that 
it's it's tricky because you think it's yours. You think because God trusted you with it, it's yours, but it's not. It's just an experience he's letting you have. Like when you no longer love that thing or you're no longer as passionate, it's hard to to navigate that area and it can lead you down some dark paths. And and so I'm curious, like in this time when, you know, gymnastics was a part of your life for so long and then all of a sudden you're not as loved with it anymore. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe I can... Um, find that in this beautiful girl. And it, and it was a beautiful gift from God. Like, what was your faith like in this time? And how did that influence kind of your groundedness or how you got through it? Yeah, I would say my faith uh, grew tremendously when I went to LSU. We had FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, that I joined every once in a while and wanted to be a part of and just to learn. All right, friends, who likes to feel good? Not only feel good, but do good work. Now, if there's anything I know about this Made to Shine fam, it's that we have goals and we like to be productive. You wouldn't listen to this kind of content if you did not. And I'll tell you what, you guys know me by now. I'm someone that I like to be productive. I like to get a lot done, but that's really stinking hard when you're not feeling your best, when you kind of have that, what I like to call that mental fog going on. And a few months ago, I was trying everything. I was trying different things to kind of create more mental clarity, but I ran into this problem of, I was taking like, I was drinking so much. I was drinking coffee. I tried matcha and nothing really worked. Nothing worked sustainably and nothing was convenient. There was nothing that was quick. That was simple until I found magic mind. Yes. Insert magic mind into my life. What I love about magic mind is, of course, it's all natural. Y'all know I have very high standards for what I put into my body. So it has your ashwagandha. It has your matcha. But it's so convenient. There are these little bottles that you just you just sip. It's easy. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to spend a thousand minutes curating this perfect coffee and you're good to go. You feel amazing. It helps with your productivity. So I'm not the only one who thinks this, you know, Joe Rogan, the Kardashians, Brooke Shields, they're all on this magic mind trend. And lucky for us, if you use the code made to shine 20, you're going to get up to 56% off your first subscription order. That is made to shine 20 up to 56% off your first subscription order. Y'all, we all deserve to feel amazing. We all want to take our work seriously. This is how you can do that in an easy, simple, convenient way. Knowing what you're putting into your body is good and natural. Excited for all of our minds to feel magical after this. more. Uh, my roommates, McKenna Kelly and Sarah Finnegan, their faith was unbelievable. So to be able to follow in their footsteps and for them to help me, um, you know, I I owe them so much as well, because through all my injuries and through all of that, like I wouldn't have been able to get through it without the two of them. They They really helped me so much throughout my college career. And I think at the same time, I was able to help them as well. And we all just got along so well and worked so well together that um, you know, God was the center of our, our household at that time. And that was always so important to us. So, um, I would definitely just say like, even in the darkest times, uh, during that, those moments, 
knowing that I was surrounded by the people that loved me the most um, is what helped me get through those times. Because if I was alone, there's no way I would have been able to get through it and want to finish my career. And I think I would look back now and regret that a little bit. Um, but I have zero regret um, whatsoever in my whole career because of people like that, that were able to help me and guide me and um, allow me to continue in my faith and continue in my walk with Jesus. Gosh, I, a theme I'm noticing is you just, you give so much credit to the relationships in your life that have spoken over you and kept you grounded. And whether it was your parents or your friends in college, um, I just, I know there's so many people out there right now. I myself, like I've gone through seasons where I was like, I don't have those kind of people, Lexi. Like I don't have people speaking over me. When you, like, did you seek out a lot of these relationships or did they come to you? Or I'm just trying to think of something practical for the person that's like, I want that, but I don't have it right now. Yeah. I think also like a lot of my friendships that I was able to obviously gain was through gymnastics, mm -hmm. um, which was, I was very fortunate for and um, all of that. But I had a lot of friendships as well that they had nothing to do with sports. Um, they had nothing to do with gymnastics. They were just, you know, this kid that went to school, went to college that had this amazing degree that I wish I would have had um, and all of that. Um, but I think it was just kind of like you were saying, like being that light in people's life mm -hmm. and not being afraid to go up to someone and, and introduce yourself and say, hey, like I'm so-and-so and, you know, I am going through whatever. Um, not being afraid to talk to people. I think that is something that is so important because if you really know that, like, you you believe that you have that confidence in yourself, and even if you don't have that confidence in yourself, that's how you can build that um, is by going up to people. Because what's the worst thing? You know, they they're like, oh hi, and they walk away, or that's God saying, hey, this is a relationship, this is a uh, friendship that you get to build off of now, and you continue building that, and you share. Um, they're your light with them. And I think that's just um, something that I always worked on. And yeah, it came natural, I would say for the most part, but there's sometimes, you know, in school that I'd be in an econ class, for an example, and not know anyone in my class. And I had to meet random people. And it was scary for me. It was not easy. I went from being homeschooled my whole life to being in a college classroom with all these, all these kids. Like that was a lot. That was terrifying for me. More terrifying than being on a stage um, competing with 13,000 people. Uh, watching. Um, but I think it was just trusting and understanding that this is part of my life that I have to be able to just conquer a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so good. I, I love what you said about just, it's, it makes it simple. It's just, it's just being a light because um, I think you and I are kindred spirits in the fact that most people would meet us and be like, they could talk forever or, yeah. somebody or whatever. But I too, like if I'm in a crowd with people, I don't know. I'm terrified to go up and introduce myself. Yeah. I don't want to be weird. Like, and I think people um, belittle that to give them an excuse as to why they could never do something like that. Yeah. But it's like Robin Sharma, one of my favorite authors in the world once says, you can say anything as long as you say it in kindness. And I think that's the same with introducing yourself. I mean, let's not overcomplicate introducing ourselves to great people. It's like, just say it yeah. in kindness. And yeah. um, the other thing I want to add there is you mentioned being friends with people outside your sports team, which I think will preach to this entire generation that, you know, we're comfortable people. Like we like to stay with our people. I was the same in college. I had my yeah. tennis teammates. I had my sorority people. I was friends with like a bunch of different kinds of people. And for those listening, I just want to encourage you, if all of your friends think, look, and act the same, 
you need to broaden your scope because you need to be around people that think differently than you, that love yeah. differently than you. It makes you better and it teaches you what actually matters to you. Um, so I just want to point that out. But yeah. the other caveat to that is right now you're surrounded by this younger generation. Like you're coaching, you're in, you're on the front lines of these, these amazing girls. And I know as a coach, having coaches in my life, it's not just teaching them skill. It's being the emotional coach. It's mm -hmm. being the mindset coach. Yeah. What are you seeing in this younger generation that's plaguing a lot of these girls? And how is that different from when you were growing up, if at all? Yeah. Uh, so it is insane the difference being a coach than when I was an athlete and like, looking up to my coach, um, because I never knew everything that they put into it. Um, you know, you see them on the floor with you, they, you see them coaching, you don't see all the extra hours they put in, all the extra emails that get sent out, all the extra phone calls and uh, meetings that you have to have and the lesson plans and all the extra work that goes into coaching. Um, and I don't think, I think the younger generation, they are starting to notice that more. Um, but even when I was younger, you know, I, I never really noticed that because, you know, as a gymnast and as a young girl, like you're looking at the coach like, OK, well, I hope you praise me for what I'm doing. And if you don't, I'm going to be upset, you know, and yeah. it's just part of um, your life a little bit. And being a coach now is it's taught me so much more than I think it's it ever did as a gymnast myself. Um, just being able to help and guide and lead them in the way that I know that my coach did to me and my coaches, I should say. Um, being able to give back and to guide them in a way that I know is right um, compared to, you know, maybe things that could be said or things that could be done or assignments that could have been given that were just way too much um, that should have maybe never happened um, in the sport um, and all of that. And personally, I never, you know, I had some hard, hard coaches in my career, but I never had any that I felt like I look back on and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just... I wish I didn't go through that. I love my coaches. I loved every single one of them and they were incredible. Um, so being able to learn from them and now give that back to the girls that I coach is just the best feeling. Uh, but it's so challenging. It's so challenging when you have a group of 15 kids. It's like as a coach, you want to make every single one of them happy, you know, and I have to know each one of them because every single kid that I coach is different. Yeah. Um, no one looks the same. No one is built the same. Nobody is going to be able to do exactly all the same skills that some other kid does. So you have to get to know your athletes um, to help them be so successful. And I think that's the most challenging part, but some of the uh, greatest parts of coaching because it's challenging for me and I love being challenged, um, but I'm blessed with a great group of girls that I coach and I couldn't ask for a better group. That's amazing. And you know, the Bible talks so much about the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I think about just when, when God trusts people like you with a group, you have the power to speak life into them and encourage them. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people in this world that abuse a, a position like that. I know I've had coaches in the past that have, cause they speak not great things over you. And yeah. Um, all that to say are obviously all your girls are different, as you said, and you have to speak differently to each of them according to what they need in that moment, et cetera. Is there a common theme of what a lot of these girls are, are wanting to hear, whether that's they're struggling with comparison or they're struggling with 
body image or things that you just see time and time again that like right now, like people coming up, they're just, they're hurting about? Um, I would say, honestly, like the group that I work with, um, I think a lot of what they struggle with a little bit is failure, you know, and mm -hmm. they struggle with being okay with failing. And I'm like, it's okay to fall down seven times. You know, it's okay to fall 10 times. It's not the end of the world, you know, but that's how you get better. That's how you get stronger, not only physically, but more mentally and emotionally. And, yeah. you know, they make one mistake and sometimes they feel like they're a failure and they're like, oh, well, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. And it's like, no, as a coach, I'd rather you fail a hundred times and give everything you've got. Cause I promise you on that a hundred, you know, and 10th turn, you might finally get it. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes they just want it to happen right away. And in our sport, it's not going to happen right away. And honestly, in any sport, it's not going to, you look, you look at a baseball player and they're going to strike out sometimes more than they're going to hit the ball right now. Um, yeah. and it's just normal. It, it's just the way the sports are, you know, you are going to fail every once in a while, but if you look at it, like I'm a failure, then you probably are going to continue to fail. But if you look at it as, you know what, I'm human, I make mistakes, I had a bad day, I had a bad turn, then you're going to continue moving forward in this career. Um, and I try to remind them of that. Like, I'm okay if you fall off the beam. You know, it's four inches wide. Trust me, I don't expect you to stay on it every single time, but I expect your best effort, a good attitude, and that attitude of like, you know what, I, I am amazing at what I do, and I'm not someone who is going to let one mistake define me. So that's something that I try to um, just emphasize on as much as I can. Totally. I think, you know, we live in such a day and age where you see everyone's highlight reels, you see the success. So it's, yeah. you think you're doing something wrong. If your life doesn't look like that Instagram reel that just went viral, that was, yeah. perfect. um, but I think that applies to not just sports. It's, it's, it's relationships, it's friendships, it's business, it's corporate, it's entrepreneurial stuff, whatever have you. I was, I was imagining, um, like a baby learning to walk, how yeah. silly would it be if the baby just was like, I suck at walking. I'm not going to learn. Yeah. It's like that, but it pegs the question. And I know we've been talking a lot about your girls. So to zoom back out as we're nearing up on time here, um, in your life, it kind of pegs the question, what do you think is worth failing for? Because you can't try and try hard and keep going at everything. So what have been the themes of things in your life that you're like, this to me is worth trying and failing and getting back up for? Yeah, I think, um, oh my gosh, I mean, there's so many things in life that I've been through that I failed. And I'm, I look back and I'm like, well, I, can't, I got up again and it was so worth it. And I would say mistakes as a gymnast, um, failing on tests. I can't tell you how many tests in college that I just like completely failed. And I'm like, you know what? Well, if I want a degree, I better study more and I better figure it out. Right. Um, also just, I think even relationships. Um, so my husband now, him and I dated and gosh, we dated like all of high school, broke up my freshman year of college to meet new people. And then we ended up getting right back together for, you know, forever now. Um, but we both dated two other people and it was, it was like, you know what, that was, I failed, you know, that's not who God wants me to be with. But I'll tell you that it also was so successful because mm -hmm. it was God telling me like that this person is amazing. This human is great. Um, it's a great friendship that you can have, but this isn't who, you know, I see you with for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I failed because I, 
you know, in my heart, I knew I wanted to be with who my husband is now forever. Uh, but I also knew that I needed to fail to realize that. And I think that's so incredible that God was able to allow us to step away from each other and figure that out on our own to end up back together um, forever. So I think that is something as well, um, along with, you know, I think at my age now, just realizing that this is um, a time in my life where being a mom next year, I'm going to fail. You know, I there's going to be times in my life that I'm lost. I'm confused. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I have to call people because I'm going to be lost for a little while, right? That's just part part of it. But to know that um, God wouldn't, you know, place his little baby um, in our lives if we weren't ready. So just to know that and to believe and trust him um, in every step of our journey is is what's really, really important right now. Oh, so good. I do think a lot of people struggle with shame around failure and shame grows in the dark. And I think yeah. your words shine such a light on just that redirection of your relationship with failure. Um, I always say like failure in my mind is not a deviance from success. It is a prerequisite for it. Yeah. And you even think too, like, what's the standard? I mean, what what's the standard of success? I think it's this make-believe thing we all think is out there, but it's not. So when you think of it that way, it's like, well, failure and success are really two sides of the same coin. And whatever your heart is naturally naturally inclined to like go try, go do, people to be in a relationship with there's going to be failure in the recipe. There's just, yeah. it's going to happen. And um, so I love that. And and Lexi, thank you for sharing your heart. I know we're coming up on time here. And um, to round us out with the last send-off made to shine question we always do, you know, there's the classic, what advice would you give your 10-year-old self? But I'm going to spin it on you. What advice would your 10-year-old self or younger Lexi give you right now? Oh, wow. Um. I think, uh, oh, geez, I would say probably to be happy and excited in every moment that you're living right now. Um, my 10-year-old self was the happiest kid ever. And I mean, I could have landed on my face and got up and was like, oh, laughing, having a great time anyways. Um, and I think that is so important just to live your life happy and being, you know, full of joy and remembering that Life is life. You get one of them. So to live it to the absolute fullest and to know that you're always um, you're always going to be successful if that's what you want. And mm -hmm. maybe you don't make the most money in the world. Maybe you don't have, um, say, a husband yet or a boyfriend even or whatever. Like you will find somebody in your life that makes you so happy that you get to live the rest of your life with. And even if it's a friend right now or maybe it's um, your dog or your cat. Uh, my dog makes me so happy when I come home. So whoever it is um, in your life that you need to go to every single day to talk to, to make you that happy person, um, I think is what my 10 year old self would remind me every day. I love that. Cause I, it's a, you can be happy now. I think we need to give ourselves permission to be happy now. Cause we yeah. live in a happy once I get that thing world. And yeah. if you can have the power to say, Nope, I'm happy in the waiting. I'm happy in the journey. Um, yeah. I think I, I'm with you, sister. Like, I think that's the secret. That's the secret we're all looking Absolutely. for. Uh, yes. So, Lexi, thank you. Thank you for being on, for sharing. Of course. I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so excited for you. 
Hey, beautiful people. I hope this episode blessed you. Two quick things before you tune me out. One, if this podcast means anything to you, if you find value from it, I really am asking you to leave a review. It helps me out a ton. It also helps get this word out to anybody else God wants it to be put on their heart. Second thing is if you're ever like me and don't have a full hour or 40 minutes to designate to a full podcast episode, I have a brand new podcast for you. It's the baby podcast of this parent podcast, Made to Shine. It's called Made to Shine Minute. It is literally 60 seconds every single morning of an idea, a nugget put on my heart, what have you. I hope it blesses you. You can find it everywhere you look for podcasts. Thank you.